When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone and welcome to our business podcast, The Commute. I'm Hannah Baker, the business editor of the Bristol Post and Business Live. We're going to be chatting to business leaders about issues including mental health, the environment, funding and running a company. The podcast is brought to you by GWR. So, hi, my name is James McMurray, Assistant Relationship Director for NatWest in our corporate business. Um, I'm here representing the bank's RBS Rainbow Network, as well as our other employee-led networks. Hi, my name is Rob Hurley. I am an A350 landing gear systems engineer for Airbus. I am one of the co-founders and co-chairs of Pride at Airbus, which is Airbus's LGBT network. Great. So I'm going to kick off by asking you what you think the biggest challenges are for the LGBTQ community in the workplace in the current time? Um, for me, it's uh, getting used to the journey, uh, the speed of the tra- almost the transition journey at the moment. Um, so we've gone from a place where actually there wasn't um, quite a high proportion of people weren't comfortable being out at work but there's so much work going on at the moment around the um equality diversity inclusion piece at the minute so many companies are bought into that and that's been quite a rapid change um i think what we're finding is that there's quite there's some people are struggling with the mindset the mindset shift that actually it is okay to be out and work, especially in a financial services industry, which, to forgive the phrase, is very male, pale and stale. Um, so some people are, some of the people who've been in the bank for a long time that aren't have never been out at work, not necessarily been used to being out at work, almost it's a bit of a surprise that there's the acceptance there within this kind of environment. And there are other issues in terms of um, banks have quite... Um, legacy sort of like technology systems that are taking some time to update so to recognize um the issues that a trans person would encounter so non-gendered pronouns that can be quite um tricky um there's been some quite tricky it challenges in terms of updating some of the some legacy systems we've seen so that actually customers and colleagues don't have to um identify by gender um, or can use uh, gender-neutral uh, suffixes. Um, but yeah, that for me is kind of sort of like the big thing at the moment. And Rob, have you found similar challenges at Airbus? I think, um, unfortunately, engineering companies in general are a little bit further behind the curve than um, other companies. You know, this isn't London and it's not uh, the media. It's uh, Bristol, which is relatively forward thinking and um it's engineering so in airbus we've only really been talking about lgbt relatively recently the last two or three years um and so i think the main challenges that lgbt people have faced in the past until recently is that feeling that they can't bring their whole self to work which 
is a huge challenge because um, keeping huge parts of your life separate is exhausting. Um, I, for one, for example, maintained two separate Facebook groups for years because I was convinced that if anyone at work found out that I was gay, I would lose my job. Um, and that wasn't because Airbus was was being homophobic in any way. They just weren't talking about it um, because they didn't think they really needed to talk about it. And I think that's one of the things that Pride Airbus is doing is try to raise awareness that, you know, it's good to talk about it. People do need to feel like they can bring their whole self to work. I think... Um, LGBT people, most LGBT people have been through a lot in their life. Um, every aspect of my life when I was younger was telling me that being gay is wrong. Um, my school, it was illegal, luckily because of Margaret Thatcher, it was illegal to talk about LGBT in schools. She said we had an inalienable right to feel that it was okay to be gay. Um, so it wasn't allowed to be talked about in my school. Um, obviously, religion was telling us terrible things about being gay. Uh, my parents would say terrible things about being gay. My, my friends, obviously, there was a reasonable amount of bullying that went on at school. And um, you just get it ingrained into you as you grow up that um, it's not a good thing. And so when you go into the workplace, you don't want that. And so you do, you do try and hide it unless the employer is actively saying to people look guys it's okay you can talk about this you can bring your whole self to work i think i read somewhere that still about a third of people in the lgbtq community are hiding the fact that they are because they're scared of discrimination in the workplace a lot of people go back into the closet when they've left university which is a real sad thing yeah real sad thing so my question to you then is what do you think needs to be done to change that For me, there's um, in large so RBS as a group we employ around about seventy thousand people. Um, we have a fantastic management team who are fully behind the inclusion agenda. So in the bank, we've got seven employee-led networks which represent each of the protected characteristics um, under the Equalities Act. Each one of those networks has an executive sponsor. And it's important that I say sponsor there because they don't lead these networks. These networks are led bottom up. This It's true employee-led. So um, that makes me really proud to be part of our Rainbow Network and to be supporting the other networks within the Southwest. Um, the challenge that we sometimes face is what I like to call sort of like the marshmallow layer. So the management layer in the middle. Um, sometimes messages get stuck within that coming both down and up. Um, and that's probably where we um, need to focus most of our efforts internally is getting that message right within that population. Because quite often that population of managers is has got pressures coming from all sides. So they've got primarily the day job pressures, which they're working hard to deliver. We're in financial services. It's a very challenging sector at the moment. There's lots of pressure, uh, especially as a state-owned, predominantly state-owned organisation, to ensure that actually we're delivering an appropriate return for our shareholders, which is ultimately the UK taxpayer. So there's a lot of pressure for this middle layer to focus on the efficiencies and the cost-effectiveness of the business. Um, that's hard work. I mean, that's more than a day job in itself mm. for some people. Um and then some of these other things, they aren't necessarily, the inclusion piece isn't always necessarily seen as the number one priority to go after. Um, so for us, the biggest challenge is actually tackling that middle layer and how do we get them 
um, on board and bring this up the priority scale for them. So what sort of things do you do in the Rainbow Network? Um, we're a very, very loud and persistent voice. Um, myself, especially, I don't think there's a single manager across the Southwest who hasn't had an email from me at some point or another. Um, and that really just reflects that actually this is an employee-led group. Um, I've got a very nice title, but I'm not the most senior person within the, any kind of hierarchy structure. Um, but equally, that is a benefit because these people, the people who hold these roles that we need to speak to, they are willing to listen to have the conversation. Um, and the conversation is shifting. So I'm starting to get, um, I now consult for our Southwest Regional Board. Um, so that looks after Devon, Cornwall, Bristol area, Somerset down to Southampton, across into South Wales and things. Um, I now consult for that board in terms of, look, this is what the employee-led network can do for you. This is what our internal staff surveys are saying. Um, and they have now bought in and they're kind of mirroring our exec structure and starting to sponsor the networks in the region. So they're now getting more involved, putting that message out within there. Um, that's step one. Um, is it going to be an overnight fix? Absolutely not. This is going to be a six, 12 month journey, but they are, they are now starting to buy into that, but that's come from actually a little bit of effort from those of us within the community to raise our voices and be heard. And on an individual level, do you think it is really actually helping people? Have you had people that you've spoken to who you know that that network has really changed their life or changed their life in the workplace? Um, Yes, it is. So um, locally, uh, we've just been involved with Bristol Pride. Um, we were involved with, well, we are involved with, I think, 24 Prides across the country this year. So far, Bristol's been the most successful. Um, and that's mainly because, like, people didn't realise that that was there for them. So we've made a big sort of, like, splash and real song and dance around um, the activity that we're doing to actually get the Rainbow Network going in the area make people feel more comfortable to be out at work um, and we had fantastic attendance we had 75 staff members join us in the parade um, prior to that I could have only named 15 20 individuals within our Bristol campus um, that I knew to be members of the LGBT community but we've now got a few um, people in the office who've come out to say actually no I am non-binary um, so these are my preferred pronouns and those are starting to be used I've seen a couple of auto signatures now um, with people actually specifying saying look these are my preferred pronouns please refer to me in this way um, so there are some changes happening which is great and Rob, you are the founder of Pride at Airbus. One of the co-founders, right? yes. One of the co-founders. So yeah. can you tell me a bit about how that came about and what you're doing? Well, as I said before, it wasn't, um, I wasn't experiencing homophobia at Airbus. It's just something that the company wasn't talking about. And not in any way them trying to be homophobic because they thought that being gay was wrong. They just didn't really... They hadn't been educated on the subject. That is, they didn't see the need to discuss it in the workplace. Um, but... I had a coffee with one of our um, IND heads uh, in the UK and sat down and explained to them the problem with not talking about it. Because the problem was that they were talking about every single kind of diversity except LGBT, which was giving people like me the impression that um, therefore LGBT was a bad thing. It was something they didn't want to talk about in the workplace, which it immediately came out that that's absolutely not the case. That's not what they want. And they were kind of 
you know, horrified that that would be anyone would feel that way. And so in the last three years, the lengths that Airbus have gone to to completely turn that around is phenomenal. We, um, we've gone from, in the last three years, pretty much not talking about it at all, to Airbus standing up at the World Economic Forum in 2018 in Davos and becoming an early adopter of the new UN standards for treatment of LGBT people in the workplace. Um, Airbus in the UK have become a Stonewall champion, which means we can get Stonewall in to come and do an audit of our HR tools and processes to make sure that everything's a level playing field. Um, We have Airbus became the first company in the world to give an openly trans person a senior VP role. Um, In Airbus in North America, um, we're very pleased to say that uh, trans realignment surgery is now covered as part of the healthcare package over there, which is brilliant because, as you know, in the US, they basically don't really have healthcare. And if you're a trans person over there, you're never going to be able to afford that on your own. also, they've just become, they've just received a perfect 100% score from the HRC, which for anyone that doesn't know, hasn't heard of the HRC, it's effectively their version or the closest thing that they've got to Stonewall. It's the biggest, most prestigious LGBT organisation in North America. So getting that kind of stuff makes Airbus a, one of the number one most attractive employees for LGBT people in North America. Um, it's fantastic. If you'd have asked me three years ago to write down on a piece of paper what I wanted to happen within the company, I wouldn't have even think to have thought to have written down what has actually happened. The level of support we've received from the company is phenomenal. Um, it's superb. And and you you mentioned earlier about um, what can what can companies do. I had the opportunity uh, last year to go and speak to our CEO before he left Tom Enders um, to explain why it's a good thing to be doing this. Um, one of the things I said to him is, look, unlike everything else we do in the company, this is not rocket science. This can be dealt with relatively easily and quickly. I mean, you know, providing Wi-Fi access at 40,000 feet, you have no idea how challenging that is. It is incredibly difficult thing to do that the public take for granted. But... Uh, We'll talk about the specific things that Airbus is doing in a minute, but I think in general for any company listening that wants some advice as to what they should do, in summary, you just need to find ways of making sure that your employees know that if they're LGBT, that's okay, and the company has got your back, and it's not a problem. Yeah, is that something you would agree with, James? 100%. 100%. And it is, for us, it's about being visible. Yes, the company needs to have a visible presence that says, look, we're here to support you. Um, It's okay. Like, everybody is welcome. Um, One of the things that we've... Like I said, we have seven employee-led networks which focus on different areas. So we've got our LGBT network. We have a women's network, which is more about gender equality than it is just about... Uh, female equality um, we have a multicultural network which actually encompasses five or six other networks which represents different cultures and faiths um, we have a disability network uh, staff enabled network the one I absolutely love is um, our family and carers network which has a sub network underneath that our fertility and loss network which is all about sort of like love and support and things like that and for me that's what I love is they all all of this gets pushed out. There's so much 
for people. Um, and But it's the crossovers within there. Hey guys, just to let you know, from December the 15th, train times are changing across all great Western routes. The changes will bring about faster journeys and more carriages, but it means your usual train will now be leaving at a different time. So, if you're a regular rail commuter, make sure you head to gwr.com forward slash timetable2019 to find out your new travel times. So what would your advice be to other companies, though, about doing similar things and, and what they should be doing? You need to allow employees the t- time to invest in this um, because it, allowing two or three people um, an hour every two weeks to come and sit together and plan an event or plan a mail shot or research some of the support that's out there in the wider community to then share across your entire employer base um, has so much payback. Um, it's a bit like um, they say in, in sales, like it's 10 times harder to win a new client than it is to retain an existing one. That's almost the same with your um, employees. Yeah. So the more you, the more you look after your employees and deliver what they, the things that are important to them, the more likely they are to stay and want to work for you. And this is about, um, to a degree, that uh, emotional investment that you want from your employees, that you want them to feel welcome, that they can bring them full selves to work. Because like you said, like some people will be living dual lives. Which is exhausting. It's completely exhausting. I did that for 10 years and it's no, it's no good. And studies in America have shown that that level of stress can take time off your lifespan. You know, it's, it's real, it's work for most people is a huge part of their life. And feeling like you can't bring your whole self to work is is an awful situation to be in and and to be and when i say bring your whole self to work what i mean by that is about a year ago probably a year and a half ago i overheard an older lady in my office say something that i've heard a few times before which is she was talking to a colleague of mine and she said she saw one of our private airbus postcards that people pin on their desks she saw that and she said she said oh, I've got nothing against it but why do they have to talk about it in work and I thought to myself why do you get to talk about yourself in work and I'm not allowed to talk about myself in work I think she thinks that when we say bring your whole self to work she thinks gay people are going to be coming into work and talking about sex but that's that's not what we mean what we mean when we say bring your whole self to work what we mean is if someone asked me what I did at the weekend, I should be able to just say, oh, me and my boyfriend painted the spare room. That's what we mean. And having to hide that kind of stuff is is just awful. Um, I can't imagine if you're in a situation, let's say, for example, you're in a gay relationship and your boyfriend develops cancer. Now, that's got to be stressful enough as it is. But feeling like you can't talk about that in work must be even worse. Or if you do talk about it, let's say that you'd previously made the decision to pretend that your partner is the opposite sex, for example, um, and then your partner gets cancer. I can't imagine how much additional stress that adds on top of that situation to continue that lie. And then what happens if it's testicular cancer or, you know, some type of cancer that only happens with men, for example? You've got to constantly watch every single thing you say I can't imagine how awful that must be and and, and it can be stopped relatively easy and quickly because 
it's unnecessary for people to follow that in the workplace. And have you seen that real cultural change at Airbus since you've been there? Oh, massively. Um, we have a internal email address um, because Airbus has, um, we have a lot of white collar and blue collar, so office environments and production environments. And one of the best things I think we've done to help people in a production environment, which is a very, very different environment to the office and needs special care and attention, is set up a email address that you can just put on a, a kakamono, a pull-up board that people can see out of the corner of their eye. And if they want any help or advice or support, they can just memorise the uh, the email address very quickly and easily. I won't say what it is, just in case. Um, we get any spam but uh, it's a very quick and easy email address to remember um, and we get emails from employees all over the world regularly saying thank you so much for doing this this has changed my life it's so nice to be able to talk about this in work now and to know that the company's got my back it's um it makes the all the hard work feel worth it the other thing i wanted to ask you both about was about protecting people because the TUC came out with some shocking statistics about I think it's about 68% of the LGBTQ community in the workplace have been sexually harassed at work which is awful and what I wanted to ask you was what can be done to protect people do you think Rob? I mean I I don't think we've really experienced too much of that in Airbus or do we we're quite a conservative organisation, so um, we don't really, um, that I know of, have experienced much of that. But I think, again, just making sure that people know that Airbus has got your back if, you're, if you are LGBT, um, specifically if you're LGBT in this regard. Obviously, companies should have everyone's back, but um, things like setting up email addresses, making sure that um, people know how they can contact you if they want to contact you, doing um, things like um, ally training, making sure that non-LGBT people, or allies as we call them, um, know how to be a good ally, how to challenge um, abusive behaviour, um, challenge banter, as people call it, which you know sometimes is going too far. Yeah, I don't particularly like it. Um, I think that's about as much as you can do, really, is just make it very clear to employees that Airbus or whichever company you work for will not tolerate this activity. Um, yes, even more generally, not necessarily for your own organisations, but more generally, what would you say, James, about what companies can do to protect people in the workplace? So, first and foremost, having a very, very clear message around, look, discrimination of any kind is not acceptable not accepted it doesn't matter what form it comes in it is a no yeah very strong and clear message around that um would be number one number two is having um ways for people to raise concerns um and most importantly something that's independent and confidential within the bank we've got a fantastic service for doing that which covers all kinds of sort of like conduct related issues so um if companies don't have the infrastructure to do that um, internally themselves, especially for smaller businesses, um, there are companies out there that will do it for you, um, offer that. But the ally point is hugely important as well. So within the bank, we do have a specific allies network, um, which has got over four and a half thousand members. So these are people who don't necessarily identify with one of the other networks, but they're there saying, look, no, we are there. And here to support i think one of our strongest ones really is our male ally network which is there to support the women's network um they do a fantastic amount of work in terms of ensuring that actually that things such as sort of like glass ceilings glass doors they just don't exist um 
Yeah, allies are allies are extremely important. I think it's um, it's very very powerful to get a ally to stand up at a, a private Airbus event and speak and explain from their point of view why uh, it's important that we do this sort of stuff. Um, and from a personal and a business point of view, I mean, I think it speaks for itself from a personal point of view. You know, doing this, it, Airbus does this primarily because it's the right thing to do. It's just the humane, correct thing to do, you know. Um, but it's a rare win-win in the business world. There are very, very strong business reasons for doing this as well. I think um, in companies that have, all of the research is now showing that companies that have a more diverse workforce and a more diverse uh, senior management team make more money. Um, when you employ a diverse workforce, you are better able to problem solve, you are more innovative and it gives you a competitive edge. You make more money effectively. Um, and I'm not saying that LGBT talent is any better than any other kind of talent. It's not, it's just a form of talent that your company does not want to miss out on. You know, I have, if I have a problem in my company and you're LGBT and you know how to solve that problem, I want you working in my company and I don't care if you're a person of colour or gay or I've got a wooden leg, I want you working in my company. And so the internal uh, uh, publicity as to what we're doing is just as important to the external publicity because we need to attract talent into the company. Um, and although we were doing that reasonably well three years ago, I think perhaps because we weren't focusing on LGBT, there was an area of talent that we were missing out on, which I don't, I don't want that anymore. I want everyone not only feeling that they can apply to Airbus and if they're LGBT, they'll be okay, but um, for the LGBT employees that we've got within the company already to feel happy because obviously it's very difficult to put a figure on this, but happier employees and more productive employees. So as I say, it's a rare win-win in the business world. It's great to do it for business reasons. It's brilliant to do it for personal reasons. I think you're 100% right there. It's sort of like happy employees, more productive, because if you are distracted, you're living sort of like separate lives, that takes up time, headspace, energy. That's energy which that individual could be putting into something more productive for the business. You're going to get more out of people um, if they feel free to, they don't have to, put all that energy into that they can invest themselves into actually what they're there to do yeah it's, it does it, you're right it does take it takes a lot of energy to hide that part of yourself from work um if you if you make sure people know that they can be themselves in work it allows them to focus on the job in hand you know i think what we do at airbus is difficult it's difficult enough as it is you don't need these extra stresses on top of that you know it's um it's just all around a good thing to do and it's not it always amazes me when people don't like what we're doing because it's no skin off anybody's nose, you know? LGBT is not a threat to anyone. There's, there's, LGBT is not a visible minority, so there'll never be any targets in the workplace, for example. I think sometimes people see Pride at Airbus and think, oh, great, this is just another thing that I'm going to have to compete with to get a job. You'll never get bumped for an interview for LGBT. You'll never get bumped for a, you know, a pay rise for LGBT. It's, it's, it's not like that. Literally, all we are doing is making sure that LGBT employees feel comfortable and safe and confident in the workplace and hopefully trying to attract some talent in that we may not have attracted before. So just finally, I wanted to ask you what you would say to those people who are out there who may still be scared or concerned about opening up to their boss. What would your advice be to those individuals? 
or not even it their is. boss sorry like even to their colleagues just being open and being themselves like Do you, you mean said, Rob, within our companies or in general just generally to anyone out there who's who's concerned about being their full self at work it was possibly the most freeing thing um i could have done so um it is a hugely personal choice so i'd never say to anyone look this is something you have to do i but from personal experience like um i only came out six or so years ago um for me that was a journey because i was living as a straight man for all that time and like a few years before i came out tackling with that am i aren't i kind of thing and like when you choose to come out it is it's it is a difficult decision at times because there are those perceptions out there that actually people are taught like you said earlier it's not the thing to do um but i built this up in my head so much that like my dad was gonna kick off mum wasn't gonna like it my friends were all gonna but everyone was like yeah i'm what so I'd built up all these stresses and sort of like had this vision of this completely horrible thing. Like, Christ, am I going to have to find somewhere else to live? Um, and but it was all I just think that's sort of fair like, enough. I think people, people have got very short memories and they forget that, as I said before, LGBT people have been through a lot. And up until relatively recently, every single area of life, every, every figure of authority, every person that I loved, everything in my life was telling me that gay is wrong being gay is wrong and so it's completely understandable why lgbt hold back this is what we've done for decades we just hold back um and as you said i don't think any is is a hugely personal choice no one should ever be forced to come out um people should do it in their own good time i think at the very least what employers should be doing is making sure that people know if you do choose to come out everything will be fine. The company has your back and it's not a problem. Um, in, in particular, um, we're trying to make sure that everyone understands that LGBT people in Airbus won't get any special treatment because that's not what we're asking for. We're not asking for special treatment, but if you are LGBT, there will not be any blockers in your way. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. level playing field. We want the same treatment as everybody else ultimately. And people who don't have to come out who don't necessarily face these barriers um the one thing that i see and feel that there's this misconception about this isn't a zero-sum game us having the same rights as you does not take away from your rights no yeah yeah that's (laughs) yeah yeah. it's true me becoming more equal doesn't take anything away from you it just brings me up to the same level that you are at um and that i suppose that's helping people to sort of like overcome that challenge and that's again the importance of these companies having these conversations with their employees to say look this isn't zero sum we're not taking away anything from you because we're doing something right for this person we're just giving them the same that you have yeah and i know that might be a hard concept that just because somebody's got the same as you means you it really doesn't mean you've got less yeah we've all still got the same yeah and that's just that's where it should be that's where we want to get to yeah, it's a lot. I think it's about correcting a lot of stuff that's happened in the past that that wasn't great. You know, it was illegal to get married. It was illegal to have kids. It was illegal to talk about it in school. It was, you know, it, it, things like Marks and Spencer's producing an LGBT sandwich that Piers Morgan got so angry with and said, oh, "I don't understand why we need this." I felt like saying to him, "Piers, it's it's quite a tasty sandwich." It's a, <laughs> a, it's a tasty sandwich, and B. 
you forget how much people have put up with over the last few decades. We need stuff like that occasionally to, to remind people that the world's changing and we're trying to change as fast as we can and this is okay now. You don't need to worry about that. Thanks everyone for joining us on The Commute. Tune in next time for the next part of the journey. 